We had many missions. To get back into the Word for myself and be able to uh, to study and, and look over some things, as many of you know, and uh, well, probably all of you know, uh, that that month also entailed a very horrific ice and snowstorm, and so uh, so uh, that set us back on a few things too. And uh, but God was gracious in all of it and, and allowed us to help some people and work through some things during that time. And so it was uh, also a blessing and to know uh, how. How all that worked out and how God's plans are perfect. Amen. I tell you what, man devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Amen. God is good. We have just come through this month, and I hope that you have been changed and have uh, come to learn how to support, maybe better support the work of missions and worldwide evangelism. But we're here in a new month, and our focus is going to shift some. And uh, my focus, I believe, for our church at this time is to shift uh, towards a direction on the family, on the family. And uh, we are going to do this by uh, taking some direction that we've been doing on Wednesday nights. On Wednesday nights, I usually like to go through a book, an epistle, something like that, uh, to be able to uh, better have direction on which uh, message to preach and things like that. And we've been going through the book of Colossians. Uh, the epistle to the Colossians is what we've been going through, and we stopped right here at verse number 18 and chapter number 3. Colossians 3.18, and we're going to pick this study back up here on a Sunday morning and uh, see uh, for ourselves these instructions that God has given to the family. Now, this week and I think next week will probably be a little bit different, will be more gospel-oriented, not that the gospel is not preached today, but I would encourage you, I would encourage you that next week that perhaps you have somebody you know or a friend, a family member, a relative, a co-worker that does not know Christ as Savior, that you would invite them out to the service next week and you'd pray for your pastor that he'd have the words to say and that he'd be filled with the unction and the power of the Holy Ghost. But we're going to take our instructions here on the family today, and like I said, this morning's message will be a little bit different, and you might not even think that it really has too much to deal with the family, but I do believe that this morning's message is really the crux of every single message we'll look at on the family. This is the, uh, the thing that we must learn and deal with first of all. We'll be taking many of our instructions here from the book of Colossians, but we'll also turn to other places, like Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 down through 32, and also 1 Peter 3, verses 1 through 7. Maybe you'll write those passages down and get a chance to read them as we do this study. But today, our topic this morning will be upon the issue of authority and submission. Authority and submission. And the world that we live in today does not line up with God's word in this matter of authority and, and submission. It is not submitted to its authorities in the proper way in which God would want us to be. But that does not, should not discourage any of us from believing that God's way is perfect. Amen? Amen. 
that God's word is perfect on this matter of authority and submission. And before you really, uh, in your mind right now, when I say that word submission, oftentimes in a Christian church, immediately uh, many people's minds are thrown into a loop. They're thrown into some kind of uh, cataclysmic event and roller coaster ride that all of a sudden they feel like, oh no, he's going to talk about that word and we can't talk about that word anymore with all the things that we got going on today. Well, Hold your horses for just a minute. Don't judge the sermon, amen, just yet, okay? Wait till you at least give me a few minutes into it. It's like Vance Havner said one time, a man began to prop his feet up upon the back pew and uh, rest his arms across his chest. And he uh, looked at the man and as he began to nod off to go to sleep, he said, sir, sir, sir. He said, before you fall asleep, give me a few minutes to put you to sleep. And so, so before you judge the sermon this morning, please just hold your horses for just a moment and see where we're going with this thing today. But I understand that the passage that we're dealing with, especially Colossians 3 and verse number 18, really throws a lot of mud uh, uh, on some people's faces. It hurts people. People misinterpret it. They misunderstand it. And they don't follow its directions in the way that it ought to be followed. It is the verse in Colossians 3, verse number 18, that I'm calling your attention to. And we'll turn to another place here in just a moment. But first of all, he says, Colossians 3, 18, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. And then he says, Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Verse 20, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, and not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. Not unto men. God's word for us has the standard on submission. And I know that today in our society that we live in, where the modernist feminist movement has taken place and really has tried to lift up and esteem themselves in an authority in a position that God has not desired them to do so. But the whole crux Everything that we're going to see this morning lies not just in this word submission, but you need to go over to the book of Ephesians chapter number 5, and notice with me one other verse. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 21. This is what we'll be seeing the majority of our message here today. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Children, obey your parents. Servants, obey your masters in all things. Submission, authority, submission, authority, submission, authority. But where does submission really lie at? Where is the true, where does it all begin? And I believe it is for us here in verse number 21 of Ephesians 5. It says for us here, submitting yourselves, what? One, two, Another in the fear of God. Now let me deal with a couple of issues here before we get started. Number one is this. Some perhaps, even in some years gone past, men, and I speak specifically to men, abuse verses like Colossians 3.18. And they abuse those verses like this and also in, Colossians, and also in Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, two in verse 20, chapter 5 and verse number 22, where it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Some people have used this to abuse, hurt, 
malign and keep a woman under his thumb. To cast down, to look down, to hate, and even sadly, some in the 17th century and 18th century use such verses to even cheat on their wives. May I just say right off the bat and make a very clear statement that all of that, my friend, is very ungodly and sinful. And if the feminist movement was to draw attention to the sinful acts of ungodly men, then you know what? I'll march right along beside them. I'll march right along beside them in such a thing. Because it is ungodly and it is wicked to hurt or to hate or to harm anybody, regardless of sex, of their racial identity, or may I even say of what they identify as in this world. It is wicked. It is ungodly. It is wrong for any of us to hurt, malign, harm, or hate such people. Even in Ephesians chapter number 6, and maybe we should understand that the Bible is written in a context in which we're not in today. Amen? The Bible was written 2,000 years ago. Can we all agree to that? All right. It was written in a context in the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians where there were slaves and there were masters. And that was a very commonplace thing. Even in churches, you would have people come to church that were slaves. My friend, just understand where we're writing, where we're coming from in the scriptures. We don't have slaves anymore. It's deplorable. It's wicked. But here's the thing. Even in the master-slave relationship, the Bible outlines for us that masters were to pay them. They were not to threaten them. They were to forbear them. And they were to not be treated like property. And eventually, and ultimately, Christianity is what led to the emancipation of all slaves in England and and uh, in, somewhat, in some respects here in America. My point is this, is that authority should never be used for selfish, ungodly, and wicked purposes. Because when it is, it is misabused and wrong. The Bible says even of pastors, he says that pastors and elders ought to not be as lords over God's own heritage. I'm the pastor of this church, but I am not the Lord over you. Amen? I thought there'd be a louder amen on that one right there. You know, uh, I am not the Lord over you. I'm not to Lord over you, all right? It's like one pastor, one, one friend of mine I know that he was with a pastor, a friend of his, and I wouldn't say it was a pastor friend, it was just another pastor. And he said, I'm going to tell his wife a thing or two, and I'm going to make sure she does this or that. And he said, you better not tell my wife a thing or two, he said, because I'll punch you right in the nose. <laughs> he said, that's my wife. Wife, submit yourselves unto your what? On husbands is what it says, all right? Let us not as men just all of a sudden think that we're just Lord over every single woman that's out there, amen? And that's not the case here. Understand, understand the Bible, where it fits at, in the context, and what it is saying. The authorities are never to use their purposes for the purposes of selfish and ungodly gain. Secondly, I want to remind you of this. That in this matter of submission and authority, it's very simple, and we should all understand that all people, in a sense, are created equal. Now, what do you mean by that? I mean this. That men, women, boys and girls, slaves, masters, black, white, Hispanic, 
French, Arabian, Australian, Chinese, rich, poor, healthy, or whatever else identity you want to put on somebody makes no difference at all because all are equal in the sight of God. How? This way. Very simply put. All have come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I don't care what your skin color is. I don't care who you are in life. I don't care what you identify as. I don't care what, uh, if you're a man or if you're a woman. I don't, that doesn't make any difference whatsoever. I'll tell you what, we're all in the same boat here, all right? And that is not a slave reference, okay? We're not, we're all in the same boat. We're all headed to the same direction. And that is to a lake of fire because of our sin. And the name of the boat is called sin. And we're all on that boat. Every one of us, all people of all nations, of everybody is equal in that respect. The CEO of the multi-billion dollar company is just as sinful as the lowest man on the totem pole. My friend, we all have come short of the glory of God. But let me tell you this, good news, amen? We're all equal in the fact that we're all sinners, but we're all equal in this fact too, that there's only one way to God. Whether your skin color or whatever it is, it makes no difference. In fact, the Bible says that like four times, I think, in the book of Romans. It makes no difference. Makes no difference. Makes no difference. Makes no difference. What makes no difference? Who you are in life. What your status is. What your riches are. What your position is. None of that matters. What matters is this. You're a sinner and you're in need of a Savior. What is man's greatest need? A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That is his greatest need. And so I remind you of that this morning, that God created male and female in his own image. So God created man in his own image. The image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And James, uh, in his epistle, makes a very good point with this. He says, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude or in the image of God, he says. He says to us, now listen to me, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Consider that for a moment. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter what you are in life. We're all created in the image of God. You don't talk down somebody, malign somebody, hurt somebody with your words, no matter who they are or what authority you've got. Why? Because that person has been created in the image of God. And we are of all one nation because we all have what? One blood. You cut us all and we all bleed what? Red. We all have a soul. Now everybody's soul is going to one or two places. And Jesus Christ came to redeem us so that he may take us all to glory and heaven. Also, I should remind you of this. That not only do we see these two issues that I dealt with here, but also remember what submission is. There is sometimes a confusion between submission and another word that is brought up called subjugation. Or oppression. The two are not the same. Submission, submission is volitional. 
It's of the will. It's a decision. It literally means to place yourself under is what it means. That's what submission means. Submitting yourselves one to another. Putting yourself under. Now, subjugation is a totally different thing. See, somebody can be oppressed, subjugated to somebody else, and they might not be submitted. They might have to do something because if they don't, they're going to uh, be hurt. They're going to be suffer the consequences. That's not what I'm talking about here today. And then there are some also that will submit to certain things, but yet in their heart they're not submitted. It reminds me of Johnny, the little second grader, whenever Mrs. Everhart told him to sit down, Johnny. And Johnny stood there, chest bowed out as much as a little second grader could bow his chest out, you know. He stood there and he said, he said I am not sitting down. She said, Johnny, you sit down right now. He said, I am not sitting down. She said, you, Johnny, you sit down now or I'm taking you to the principal's office. He sat down. But with one little snide comment right across the bow, he said, he said, I may be sitting down in my chair, but I'm not sitting down in my heart. And that's a submission sometimes, my friend, that, that is a submission outwardly, but not a submission inwardly. You see, God is not looking for an outward submission. He is, yes, but he's also looking for an inward submission. It's of the heart is what we should see this morning. Submitting yourselves one to another. Again, I return to this thing of subjugation. You know, there are some people, sadly, that are subjected to great pains and that authorities have hurt them. But understand this too, that sometimes and in some cases, that subjugation is not just in the part of a man over a woman, but I have seen it, and so have you, that subjugation may even take place over a woman over a man. Have you ever seen that before? Where the woman is the one that's pounding on the head. The woman is the one in charge. The woman is subjugating the man to anything that, he wants, that she wants him to do. Or maybe uh, the parent and the child relationship. Have you ever seen a relationship sometime where it seems like the child is the one in charge <laughs> and the parent is not? The roles have been reversed and subjugation is there. There's not submission, it's subjugation. I mean, if the parent doesn't do one thing that the, that the child doesn't want to do, all of a sudden, man, they're just flailing in the, in, in the aisle. You know what I mean? Now, that's probably chalked, uh, chalked up to bad parenting in many cases. But the point being is simple, is that subjugation not only deals with the, with the authorities that we think of oftentimes with leaders over this and this over that, but the point being is that subjugation and putting somebody in oppression can even deal in the roles reversed. We must be careful in all of these things. Let us have a right heart and a willing heart. To do what is good, like it says in Ephesians 6, in verse number 6, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God, listen to what it says, from the heart. 
with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. And with that, I'd like to do you to notice just three ways in which submission to God is authenticated by our submission to authority. How do you see in your life if you're submitted to God? Well, how well are you submitted to authority? How well are you submitted to authority? Number one, our submission to God. This is very simple. You got your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 6. Let's just look real quick. Our Ephesians chapter 5. This is not hard to see. I think this is very elementary. That we see that in all submission, that our first submission should be to God. Amen? Amen. That should be our first submission. That should be the place where we first place ourselves under as Christians. It says here in verse number 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. What is the next four words? As unto the what? Lord. Look to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 1. Children, obey your parents in what? The Lord. Look to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 6. What does he say? Or excuse me, verse number 7. I just read it to you. He says that we, with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord, not to men. Even as citizens of a country, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 5 and verse number 28, whenever the men were, the apostles were talking to the uh, Sanhedrin, they said, saying, do not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? They told him, you should not teach in the name of Jesus Christ, they said. Behold, you filled all Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And listen what Peter says. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. In whatever case it may be, if a husband is asking a wife to do something that's sinful and ungodly, where is her first responsibility? To God. If a parent is asking a child to do something ungodly and wicked, where is their first responsibility? To God. If a nation is asking uh, its citizens to do something ungodly, its first responsibility is not to the nation, but is to God. Our submission to God. To the Lord, in the Lord, all of it is to God. But secondly, I want to point out to you is this. Is that our, sec- our submission to authorities. Our submission to authorities in our life. These God-ordained authorities will prove the amount of submission we have to God in our lives. I don't listen to somebody that says, I love God, but completely refuses to submit to their husband. I love the Lord, but they have no honor or respect for their parents. I I, want to do what's right, and I I love God, but, but yet they despise, reject, and won't do anything their employer says. Now, Understand what I'm saying here is this, is that I believe that the majority of the time that when we submit ourselves to God and that there are some times in which maybe your authority tells you to do something that's not of God, but I would say that the majority of the time that authorities in our life are asking us to do things that are not against God. Like a child cannot say, 
If your parent says, make your bed and clean up your room, well, I will obey God rather than man. <laughs> what are you saying there? No, no, I don't think so. It doesn't work like that, okay? Well, I feel like this is, no, 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 no. There is no feelings included in this, okay? It is right or wrong. It is right for you to do what your parent says in that case. And in the majority of cases, if your parent says, hey, go out here and do this. Go out here and take care of that. Hey, Marshall, can you take out? I need you to take out the trash, all right? Uh, Go do it. Go do it right now. Take care of this. What is that saying? That's obeying God. It is all going back to submitting yourself one to another, submitting yourself to the authorities that God has in your life. Our level of submission to the authorities that God has in our life is key to recognizing our level of submission to God over our lives. If a wife says, you know, I don't really listen to anything my husband has to say. Well, is she obeying God? (laughs) Is she listening to God? The point is this, is that it's not that it's, it's, it's pointing out to this, what is her level of submission to God? I'm going to obey God rather than man. Okay, then obey God then. First. Obey Him first. And if God says to do something, and then we ought to do it. We got to, got to, got to, as Christians, break away in our minds from this false ideology of what we think marriage is or we think life should look like or we think the husband and wife relationship should look like. We've got to break out of that and see that our, our, our wisdom and knowledge should be from this book right here. Not from ourselves and not from the modern world and not from the way that we think that we ought to do it. The Word of God is our guide. You say, I've messed up in the past and I haven't always done it like that. Good. That's a great recognition. You know why? Because now you can get it right. And you can do it right. I want to prove prove that out here a little bit more. But we must learn to submit to the authorities that God has placed over us. Again, this is more of an overview. I'll be dealing with more of these things in detail later. But let me just deal with one character in the Scriptures. His name is Saul. Now, Saul was the king of Israel. King. You don't get much greater authority than king, last time I checked, okay? When you're king, you can pretty much, it seems like, do what you want to do sometimes, a lot of times. But there was one person that had authority over Saul. His name was called Samuel. And Saul had no right to offer a sacrifice to God. But Samuel did. And Saul was supposed to wait on Samuel to come and offer the sacrifice. But you know what? He got impatient and he got worried and he went out on his own limb and he did it himself. What was that called? Well, to put it bluntly, that's called rebellion. And when you go against the authorities that God has placed in your life that are not asking you to do something ungodly, that are not asking you to do something that is against the will of God, that are not asking you to do something that goes against what God has plainly said in his word, then you know what you become? You become a rebel. Rebellion. And rebellion is set in the heart of every single person that is out there. We all have a streak of rebellion in us. Some of us are like little Johnny. Well, I'm sitting down in my heart. I'm, sit- I'm standing up in my heart. Some of us are quiet about it. And we don't say anything about it. But all of us 
can have a streak of rebellion running through us where we don't want somebody over us. We want to do it ourselves. That's why it's so key that we understand that submission to God is authenticated by our submission to authorities. Submit yourselves to these people. But we see also in this, our submission to our authorities is this. Is that the authorities ought to have some submission. And this is really the key point of the message today. Is that authorities ought to have some sort of commission, submission. Just as much as I will not listen to somebody that says, well, I love God, but I don't submit to my husband. So I would not want to listen to somebody also that says, I love my wife, but they neglect all the responsibilities of a husband. Because why? Because they have forgotten and they have not feared God. Like it says in Ephesians 5.21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Authorities are still under submission, not just to God, but verse 21 says you're also in submission to others. Philippians 2.4, look not every man upon his own things, but every man also upon the things of others. Now let me put something in parentheses. Ding, 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 right here, neon lights, okay? I'm not talking to you if you're not a Christian. I can't expect you, if you're a Christian, to be submitting yourself as a wife unto your husband in the right and proper way. I'm not going to expect that from you. As a husband, I'm not going to expect you to live out Ephesians chapter number 5. If you're not a Christian, that would be wrong of me. That would be heresy of me. Could you do it? Might you do it? That would be fine. But I'm not to expect that out of you. Because Ephesians 5, Colossians 3, 1 Peter 3, you know who that's written to? Believers in Christ. And my friend, you've got a bigger problem a much bigger problem than just submission and authority. A much bigger problem than just worrying about how I should treat my husband or my wife if you're not saved. You've got a lot bigger problem. You've got an eternal problem that can only be fixed through one redeemer, mediator, Jesus Christ our Lord. But these here in our text, believers, are told by God that they ought to submit themselves one to another. Never be deceived into thinking that someone is spiritual or right with God if they're neglecting their God-given duties as a parent, husband, wife, employee, employer, son, daughter, granddaughter. Even in the passage of 1 Timothy chapter number 5, the Bible tells us that nieces and nephews, or excuse me, nephews are underneath the authority of God to take care of uncles and aunts so that the church be not charged. When the uncle or aunt is a widowed and they don't have a son or a daughter to take care of them, the Christian niece or nephew is to take care of them. Did you realize that? So don't be listening to somebody, oh, I'm, I'm spiritual. But the Bible says, but if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. And don't you think that I'm talking to you just about financial help? Because we all know that people, whether from the youngest to the oldest, need not just financial help, they need emotional, physical, and spiritual help also. That's why I think 
And not, maybe I shouldn't say I think. That's why I believe and I see the travesty, the travesty, the absolute travesty that has happened to this nation for the past year when we secluded and hurt people that were in nursing homes and did nothing to try to help them and think that just giving them some financial care and some medical attention would be enough. My friend, that is not enough, especially when I see my mother's grand, my, mom, my, my wife's grandmother come to the house skinny and frail and about to die. And praise God, she lived another six months so that the family could have some time with her. I'm just saying that, that we cannot think that if I, just, if I just say, Corbin, be it a gift, give something to somebody, that I've, I've suddenly honored my parents. My friend, that is not honoring your parents. Submit yourselves one to another. And may I take that a step further and say this, is that all we ought to not all, not just submit ourselves one to another, not just to our families, not just to the loved ones that are near to us, but should we not all submit ourselves one to another? What is Jesus's point in the, 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 uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan? A Levite passes by, a priest passes by, and a Samaritan passes by. This man that was beaten and robbed and needed attention, but everybody passed by them. And this uh, self-righteous lawyer asked Jesus Christ, he says, well, who then is my neighbor? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you who your neighbor is. It's the guy that you don't even know that needs help. That's your neighbor. And if we're not, listen to me here. I'm about to close, but if you're not, And if I'm not at least going to submit myself to somebody that's in need and help somebody, how much more willing do you think somebody like that is going to submit to an overbearing husband? Does that make sense? If we can't be nice to our neighbor, how can we be ever expected to be submissive to our Overtaxing government, (laughs) our overbearing boss, or whoever it might be in your life. May we submit ourselves one to another. Somebody just said that just a second ago. But the first shall be last, and the last first. You want to know who the chiefest is, he says? All the disciples were arguing back and forth, back and forth about who was the chiefest. He says, I'll tell you who the chiefest is. He says, the one that serves. And he said, Christ, the Son of Man, came not to be ministered unto, but to what? Minister. Let us conclude with this. is that there is a level of submission that all should have one to another, and it is the submission which I call our submission to the gospel. Now, I hope that you do not take in what I've just said to you about submitting ourselves one to another, that all of a sudden that the Bible has eliminated all authority. That is ridiculous. (laughs) For immediately after he says in verse number 21, submit yourselves one to another, what does he say? He says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. So he's not eliminating authority. But what is he meaning? He means this, that we should all strive to please and to help and to live peaceably with each other. Not one of us should be so proud that we cannot listen to someone. 
We should never be so arrogant or big-headed to think that we have got all the ideas. Or I make all the money around here, and I'm going to tell you how to spend it. Or I am the boss, I am the pastor, I am the husband, I am the parent, I am the president, and nobody tells me what to do. That is a false authority according to the Scriptures. Paul is trying to guard us believers from such an attitude. And before he deals with this whole entire section on husbands and wives and parents and children and masters and slaves in our text here today, he says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. But let me close by saying, was not this the attitude of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but took, him, but took upon himself the form of a servant, and being made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, became obedient unto what? Death. Even the death of the cross. Did Christ, when he came to this world, did he say, I am God, nobody can touch me. Did he cry aloud and say, why are you hitting me? Why are you doing this to me? I don't deserve this. Do you know who I am? And truly, somebody that is in this place that says to others, do you know who I am? I am my own man. I am my own woman. I am my own, I can do whatever I please and I can do. When we talk like this, we demonstrate that we truly do not understand what true Christianity is. Because true Christianity has taken the focus off of me and has placed it on Christ. And then once it is on God and in Christ, it is able to place it upon others. Follow the good old acronym, JOY. Jesus first, others second, you last. That's the Christian model. Jesus, others, you. Jesus never said, you have no control over me. He didn't argue with the Father, but he chose to submit himself to the Father's will. And my friend, ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body, which is God's. And finally, what did Christ submit himself to? Death. Friend, can I clue you in on something? There's a lot of things you can rebel against. You can rebel against your parents. You can rebel against your husband. You can rebel against your boss. You can rebel against your nation. You can rebel against God. But you know what? There's one thing you'll never be able to rebel against. Death. You'll not be able to say no to death. When death comes knocking, you have no choice but to submit. You don't get a choice in the matter. And that's why I said earlier that Jesus, my friend, instead of us having to die, tasted death for every person in the world. 
Does that mean as a Christian you'll never physically die? That's not what it means. But it means this simply, that as a Christian, that if you'll believe upon Jesus Christ to save you from your sin, that Christ Jesus will give you what the Bible calls eternal or everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son, and I might say, gave His Son to die. Why? He gave His Son so that we might have everlasting life, so that we should not perish, so that we should not die and spend eternity in hell. God has given to us His Son, Jesus Christ, who tasted death for every man. And my friend, if you're struggling with submission here today, and you think to yourself, why should I submit to my husband? Or why should I submit to my parents? Or why should I submit to this nation? Or why should I submit to my boss? Or why should I submit to this authority in my life? Then you say, what good ever comes out of submission? May I tell you this, submission brought to this world eternal life. It brought eternal life for all people that will believe, my friend. And you have no idea, and I have no idea, what God might do with your and I submission. But I can tell you this, that God will certainly reward it. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. Listen to it. Whether he be bond or free. May God help us to live a submitted life. Friend, as we close this morning, let me ask you this question. Have you submitted yourself to the gospel? Have you believed Upon the Savior to save you from your sins? If not, we want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. With every head bowed and with your eyes closed, 